0: and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in this morning. And this is Jen, your host with the P40 Ministries podcast. And make sure to tune in tomorrow. I'm going to be having a special guest on the podcast. And uh, all my guests are special. I always call them all special guests. They're special. But uh, this is actually a friend of mine. This is Mark Cravens and i met him quite a few months ago and he was one of my first ever guests on the p40 ministries podcast and he is a uh, preacher down in the cincinnati area of ohio and just a good friend of mine that i've been able to get to know uh, over the past few months and i just i've been on his podcast he's been on the p40 ministries podcast and uh, he's going to be back on tomorrow and he's going to be talking about some some Tough stuff, I suppose, in the book of Mark with some of the prophecy that Jesus has to talk about with his disciples. So I'm really excited that Mark's going to come on and talk about that, because for me, that's kind of a tough topic. And I'm just very excited to have somebody else on the podcast to discuss it with me and to talk about it. So definitely tune in tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up to hear a podcast episode with Mark Cravens. And definitely look forward to that. But today we'll be talking about Exodus chapter 40, verses 17 through 38. And oh my goodness, I love the ending of Exodus. It is beautiful. And this is the ending of Exodus. We're done after today with Exodus crazy right next Wednesday we will be starting season three of the p40 ministries podcast which is Leviticus and uh, I don't know how I feel about that yet (laughs) I'm I'm excited to move on to Leviticus which is what the the law really is I mean much of the law is found in Leviticus so it's going to be really interesting but also a little daunting for me so pray for me (laughs) As we talk about Leviticus starting next week, I'm excited about it, but uh, also scared and a little bit nervous. But, you know, Exodus ends so beautifully here. It's a love story, you know, like it's just so it it moved me with emotion. I mean, if you think about Exodus and just how it ends here, I mean, it's it's moving to me. So let's talk about this and see why it's a love story. And uh, like I said, I'll be reading out of Exodus chapter 40, verses 17 through 38. Grab your Bible and your cup of coffee. Let's go ahead and read. I'll be reading out of the WEB version. In the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was raised up. Moses raised up the tabernacle and laid its sockets, set up its boards, and put in its bars, and raised up the pillars. He spread the covering over the tent and put the roof of the tabernacle above on it as Yahweh had commanded Moses. He took and put the covenant into the ark and set the poles on the ark and put the mercy seat above on the ark. He brought the ark up into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and screened the ark of the covenant as Yahweh had commanded Moses. He put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside of the veil. He set the bread in order on it before Yahweh as Yahweh had commanded Moses. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle. He lit the lamps before Yahweh as Yahweh had commanded Moses. He put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil, and he burned incense of sweet spices on it as Yahweh commanded Moses. He put up the screen of the door to the tabernacle He set the altar of burnt offering at the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered on it the burnt offering and the meal offering as Yahweh had commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water therein with which to wash. Moses, Aaron, and his sons washed their hands and their feet there. When they went into the tent of meeting and when they came near to the altar, they washed as Yahweh had commanded Moses. He raised up the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and Yahweh's glory filled the tabernacle. Moses wasn't able to enter into the tent of meeting because the cloud stayed on it and Yahweh's glory filled the tabernacle. When the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward throughout all of their journeys. But if the cloud wasn't taken up, then they didn't travel until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of Yahweh was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in the cloud by night in the sight of all of the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys." Isn't that just such a sweet ending? I mean, think about all of Exodus, okay? Think about the beginning to the end and how God's presence is just there with his people. He's living there with his people. And that's a love story if you think about it, because from the beginning to the end, God is there with his people. From the beginning, he rescues them, takes them out of Egypt, makes them no longer slaves and puts them in the wilderness where they're safe from the Egyptians and then he provides them with food. He provides them with water and basically everything else that they need. And then God gives the initial 10 commandments to the people in the sky. They get scared of his voice. They don't want to hear it. You know, they don't want to hear God's voice at all. And then God decides to just tell Moses because the people can't hear it. So he, gives Moses all of these different commands and he tells Moses, uh, the plans for the tent of meeting and what he wants done and how he wants to live with his people. Meanwhile, Moses is up on that mountain talking with God for 40 days and the people down the mountain forget everything about God. They forget about Moses. Basically they're like, Oh, this Moses guy is just gone and dead, you know, and they start sinning and they did a deep and terrible sin where they forgot about God wanted those Egyptian gods that they used to know in Egypt, totally rejected God and God's words and the Ten Commandments, and decided instead to worship their own creation, which was this calf god that they just decided to make up there on the spot. There was no calf god. They just made it up, and then they're like, this is a god. (laughs) So they start worshiping this god. They were doing... What the Bible uh, kind of indicates was orgies, and they were making a feast to this calf god, and Aaron, who was supposed to be the high priest when Moses was gone, was like, we'll make a feast to both this god and Yahweh. Of course, that was wrong. That was terrible. The people totally forgot about God and everything that God had done for them. And instead decided that this calf God had taken them out of Egypt. Not God, not Yahweh. This calf God. So God's fuming. He is so angry. Because, I mean, imagine if you did something so nice for somebody. I mean, this is just thinking in like a human perspective now. Imagine if you did something super nice for somebody where you rescued them. You saved that person's life. And... Imagine if it was like your spouse, okay, and your spouse like totally forgot about you and decided that some other girl or guy had—they were the ones that rescued them. I mean, even in thinking in that human perspective, I would be in—I mean, I would be beyond infuriated. (laughs) With my husband, if I was like away on a trip and he just like forgot about me and was like dating some other chick and he's like off with this other chick. Okay, I'm going off on a rabbit trail here. But my point is, I mean, we'd be infuriated, but that was on a low level what these people had done to God, right? I mean, they forgot about him. They gave credit to something else that they had made other than to God. And they didn't listen to God's voice. And God often considers himself to be the husband of his people. I mean, if you read the book of Hosea, it's all about how God is the husband and how Israel, his bride, had just betrayed him. So uh, that's why I went off on that stupid rabbit trail. But my point is, though, the people forgot about God and did this great sin. So God tells Moses, you know, I'm going to destroy these people and instead I'm going to You know, use you, Moses, who stayed with me as a uh, as the next generation of people. I'm going to have you have kids and that will be a great nation instead. So Moses falls on his knees and is like, no, God, don't forget about your people. So God does not forget about his people and he's not going to destroy them. And Moses acted as the high priest in that situation, which was what Moses was supposed to do. So Moses goes down the mountain, sees the people, and he sees how they just like went off the rocker. So now he's infuriated and, uh, he he does all these different things. And then, um, he, he smashes the 10 commandments that God had made. And, uh, he just, he, he was very, very angry. So it took some time to build this relationship back with God, So at this point, the people are humble. You know, they're upset about what they had done and they decide to build this tabernacle for God, this tent of meeting, I should say, and uh, because they want God's presence back because God's presence had left the people at that point because of this great sin that they had done. And I speculated that maybe they felt that void. Maybe they felt when God had left and that kicked them in the pants and was like, oh, wow. This is real, you know. We we really sinned, and God is gone now. So I don't know, but um, at that point the people become humble and they change their minds and decide to go back to God, and uh, they ask forgiveness, basically. So then God has mercy on his people, and tells Moses, "I'll come back to you guys." So the people decide to make the Ten of Meeting, and that's what was happening in the last couple chapters when we talked about that. Now they're done. And so here at the end of Exodus 40, Moses is setting it up and he is setting it up exactly the way God had wanted him to set it up. So at the very end here in verses 34 through 38, it says that God, God's presence is now back with the people. You know, even after everything the people had done to God. I mean, the, the golden calf thing was not the only sin they had committed. I mean, they were, just mean to god from the beginning they were mean only a couple days after god had brought them out of egypt when the egyptian king or the pharaoh came after them and the people were like why did you bring us out of egypt so that we can die you know like they were being dramatic from the very beginning and then um You know, with the food in the wilderness, they wanted their Egyptian delicacies that they had grown up on and were upset that they didn't have them anymore. And they were getting mad and complaining about that. And, you know, they were just testing God left and right. And and yet God was being so merciful to them from the point to right here at the very end of Exodus, where it ends. It's just God's presence is there. He's there blessing his people and loving his people In that tent of meeting. That's where God's presence lived. But one thing I want to mention before we talk about God's presence is this water basin that Moses uh, put up. So it says that he set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in with which to wash. So last, or on Monday, we talked about how um, Moses was supposed to anoint Aaron and his sons to become the high priest and then the priests to minister to the people and to God. So they were supposed to be fully washed from head to toe with water in front of the tent of meeting as part of their ceremony of becoming the priest and high priest. But now it talks about this basin, but the only thing they're supposed to do with this basin is wash their hands and feet. So, you know, we, we, think about that in today's terms where we hear about being washed with Jesus's blood right that's the initial process of us coming to faith in Jesus and what Jesus had done with us we talk about that's that's like a full on washing right we're being forgiven you know that's that's what that means but as christians we still sin and that is when we're supposed to wash our hands and our feet We need to ask for forgiveness from Jesus and be like, hey, you know, I was wrong. I did something wrong. So Jesus, please forgive me. And if we do that with a sincere heart, that's a symbolism of us washing our hands. And James talks about that, about how like the symbolism of washing your hands, which is asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins, even though you may may believe in Jesus already. So that's kind of what the symbolism of this is in the Old Testament here in Exodus is Yes, the priests were washed from head to toe and that was their initial washing, but they are supposed to wash their hands and feet as like a symbolism of that. They're still recognizing that they are forgiven and they have to do that. So I think that that's an interesting uh, symbolism that we see here in Exodus. But it says that Moses finished all the work of the tent of meeting and of all of the articles that went into the tent of meeting. And now it says that once it was done, the cloud covered the Ten of Meeting and Yahweh's glory filled the tabernacle. And it says that Moses wasn't able to enter into it because the cloud and because Yahweh's glory filled the tabernacle. So Moses, as holy as we think he is, he was not holy enough that he could go and enter the tabernacle, the Ten of Meeting. He couldn't do it. Because, you know, we we often think of the patriarchs and Moses and the characters of the Bible being so holy and so much different than us and so set apart. But even Moses was a man who could not bear to be in God's presence because he would die if he was in God's presence, because that's how fantastic God's presence really is. But it says that the cloud was there on the ten of meeting. So the people could see this and they could see this constantly. They could see it during the day and they could see it at night because when night rolled around, it says that God uh, had fire in the cloud. God's presence took on this like fiery cloud form that the people could see at night. So this was a constant reminder. Hey, I'm here with you guys, whether it's morning or night, My presence is here and you can see it. I believe that's what God was doing there was just showing the people how much he loved them in spite of their shortcomings. And uh, he was just showing them that his presence was there living with them. So it says that God's presence was there in the form of the cloud during the day and then the fiery cloud at night. But when God's presence wasn't there, it says the people would you know, take down the Ten of Meeting, and they would travel. And those were their days where they could travel because uh, God's presence was not sitting there on the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, those were their days that they knew that God was saying, okay, time for you to keep moving. Because remember, they were still living in the wilderness and they were making the journey to the promised land. And uh, this was what they were supposed to be doing. So they didn't have a nation yet. God was trying to lead them into the promised land, and that was on the days when God's presence was not there sitting on the Ark of the Covenant, where it was okay for the people to go in and disassemble the Ten of Meeting and then take that Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders and travel with it. So yeah, I mean, you can see how this is a love story from beginning to end and kind of a one-sided love story a little bit, where God is just loving on his people, despite their shortcomings. So I think that that's really sweet, and I I really love this ending to Exodus. I mean, this is just an awesome ending. But you know, friends, this was the end of season 2, so thank you for sticking with season 2 to the very end, and I hope you guys join me for season 3. And we're going to talk about the law in Leviticus. This is just, to me, crazy that uh, we're just we're already in the book of Leviticus and I'm excited for what it has to bring. Friends and faith listeners, join me next week for an episode out of Leviticus for season three on uh, next Wednesday. But don't forget about the podcast episode with Mark Cravens tomorrow morning. And then also don't forget about on Friday night, I'm going to be doing a special podcast episode for Christmas. It's going to be a Christmas Eve special at midnight um, on that Friday. And, uh, I hope you guys join for that as well. There's not going to be a normal podcast episode on Friday. It's just going to be that special Christmas special. So friends and faithful listeners, I hope that you, uh, go to iTunes and you rate this podcast and write a review, especially if it has brought you value for season two. You know, that's an awesome Christmas gift that you can give to me and P40 Ministries is just to go over to iTunes and to write a review and help people find this podcast a little bit more, especially since we're now uh, journeying into season three. Friends and faithful listeners, happy listening and God bless.